Good morning and welcome to Toronto City Church. It's an honor for us to have you here and you sitting there at home. Uh, it is amazing just to be in the presence of the church family. I take opportunity once again to remind you that we had started already uh, some of the in-person gatherings and this is a perfect opportunity to after many time of not being able to be together just to gather as a church family. So as we get into the word, I want to pray first and then let's get into the, uh, today's message. So Father, I just thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share your word. And as you bring this message, Father, I pray that you will be touching people's lives, that you will be bringing conviction and revelation, Father, of the message that you have for today. And as you change us and transform us, Father, that we will be a reflection of your love. I thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be sharing today. And we surrender this time unto you in Jesus' name. And everybody at home says, Amen and Amen. So the title of this message is Life Together. And I have borrowed this title from a book that really has impacted my life, written by a German theologian by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Probably some of you have heard of him. But he became uh, really famous uh, in his time, uh, at least at a university level, because he began to teach in university, brilliant mind, around his 20s. And at some point, being teaching in Berlin, he was called by a uh, university in the States, and he went there, he was teaching. But this all was happening during the time of Second World War. So him seeing everything that was happening, decided to go back because one of his main calls for his life and something that he, he was dealing with later is what is it that is to be a Christian in the midst of everything that is happening around us? Because that should be our mindset for us as believers. We need to position ourselves, and I believe that we are in a season where we really need to be listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And, and he has a, a call and a mission for us in this season, especially after all this uh, stuff that has happened with COVID. The church has been prepared for what is coming. And my invitation for you is that as you hear this message, you will have the same conviction and that you will choose to stand in the place and the call that God has for you in this season. So going back to the story of Dietrich, uh, when, when he returned to Germany, he joined the Nazi movement or, or, or the German movement as a spy. But what many people didn't know is that he was a double spy. So as he was going uh, to different cities, trying to gather information for Hitler and his movement, what he was doing behind the scene is that he was trying to save as many Jewish people as possible from death. Because we all know that this was uh, what Hitler was after, as at least in Germany. So at some point in his life, he got caught playing the role of the double spy. And he was sent to Yen, uh, in Berlin in uh, the prison uh, of Tegel. So while he was there and his duration of this imprisonment was for about two years, he kept dealing with this uh, concept of what is it that it means to be a Christian in the community that I, have be, that, that I am part of right now. And we need to remember he is in prison. So there is people with him that still need to be ministered. And during these two years, something that is amazing about his life is that 
he was pastoring prisoners. He became the prisoners' pastors. He was bringing life. He was bringing the gospel. He himself was trying to figure out, okay, how can I reflect Christ in the midst of this situation? Because it is difficult, especially for him. And, and after dealing these two years, he was moved to a concentration camp, one of those uh, camps of extermination, uh, in in a different city. Uh, and the city was uh, Donseldorf, Flossenburg. Flossenburg. Uh, and there his time was short because about one month in 1945, I believe it was in 1943, Right before the war ended and Germany had to lay down his weapons and surrender, one month right before that, he was hung with another six prisoners. But his work still impacting the church in so many levels up to this day. So today I want to talk about our role in the life of community and the importance of community in our lives as well. So what is it that is community? And we need to understand that this is a common unity. It is a group of people, whether it is large or small, that they are identified or defined by something specific to that group. Uh, everything starts with community. Even in the Bible, when we hear of the first family, Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel, they were the first community. And interested enough, and don't ask me why, because I don't have the answer, but when we read the, the Bible, the book of Genesis chapter 4, we find that after Cain killed Abel, there were other communities around. So it is important for us to understand that community is something that God has designed from the beginning. We, as human beings, were created to live in community. And... Interesting enough that we see even from the beginning of these communities is that every single community has particularities, good things and bad things. Because as long, and this is all after the fall, as long as we are related to each other, you only need to live, as I always say, two people in the same room. That will be a small community, but just leave them in the, in the same room. And just by the fact that they are breathing at some point, they're going to get into an argument. But what I sense is that as God has brought us to this season, uh, he wants to bring back to our minds the importance of community. Communities have lived through the seasons, through the years, through the ages, through the centuries, and they keep an importance, especially nowadays. So let, I want to bring you to, to a, a passage that I have spoken about before, but that is so important. There are so many messages that come from it. And today I want to talk about community from the perspective of Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. And this is what the word reads. I'm going to start a little bit earlier, actually. It, this is after the first uh, sermon or the first discourse of Peter in, in the marketplace. And, and verse 41 says that, So those that received his word, that was Peter sharing the message of the gospel, were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Then verse 42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Once again, community began to be formed and shaped. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had any need. 
and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Amen. So something that we can grab from this and that I want to talk a little bit about is the sense of community. And, and we need to move a little bit apart of what the church is today and look at the overall meaning of what the church is in the global context. Because we need to understand that the church is bigger than the church in our, in our locality, in our neighborhood, in our city, in our nation. The church is something that God has created to impact the world. So when Jesus came, because this, this concept of church comes after Jesus, he didn't come with the intention of forming a club, of forming a society, or, or the church as we know it in the institutional form. So we cannot take apart that because we are gathered together at some point, we are going to be identified as his church, and we are going to have certain particularities, and every local church has different calling, different distinctions. That is important. But the church of Jesus goes beyond these, these markers that we may determine in our local communities. Uh, so the church nowadays needs to go back to that meaning of, okay, how is it that me, in my role as a believer, as a Christian, I am going to impact my community. And, and from the biblical context, the early church was impacting the communities in, in a really, really, really uh, great way. We get to read, for example, and this is, this is what, what I believe that God is trying to bring to us today. We're finishing a time and a season of different challenges, and I don't think that we are done yet, uh, but we still have to see. Where, where we have been challenged in different ways. We have been gone in isolation. For many people, church has stopped. But remember that the church is greater than our facilities. We are a movement. We are a community. Wherever you go or wherever I go, we should carry with us the name of Christ. And that makes us part of the church. The church is moving wherever we go. And, and there were really challenging times, even in the times of Jesus, because what we really need to remember is that the church was persecuted. Uh, it was persecuted by the Jewish. Uh, it was persecuted by the Roman Empire. And as the church was growing, it was being persecuted by different people. So at some point, we get to hear in the, in the book of Acts chapter 9, and this is what it reads uh, after Paul, uh, and that, in that time Saul, was persecuting the church. And this is what it reads. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues of Damascus, so that, that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So when we talk about the early church, the early church was a community. It was not the institutionalized church. It was not a club. It was just people that they identified themselves with the teachings of Jesus. And Paul was persecuting the people of that way, the way that they believed, the way that they lived, the way that they were impacting the, the communities around them. So the church has this particularity and this call that we have been called to impact life around us. 
And, and whether you are a leader within the church, a servant leader or not, we all have been called as believers to be part of this great movement affecting and sharing. I'm going to go a little bit uh, later into those points that I believe that are important to us. But the church needs to be once again in this in the, in this position where we are impacting at a great level the community. Uh, many people, and especially here in Canada, we live in what we call the post-Christian era. And, and the church doesn't have the same influence. Uh, and whatever the reasons are behind it, there are so many, even uh, because of our own fault, we need to go back and reclaim what was given to us to be light to the world and salt to the air. So, so for this, we need to reassess our lives within the community. Something that has happened in this season after COVID and that we still, we, we began to hear already and we still to hear so many things that are coming is that when, when people feel this or, or when people have this sense of loss within the community, things are going to happen. Uh, and we know that there is a lot of people that right now is suffering from mental illnesses and different things because somehow they they lost that sense that of, of belonging, of I need people around me, I need interaction. So so there are many things that are happening nowadays, and it is our turn now to reclaim that and to bring back this sense of community. Uh, and and the church was being known because of their lifestyle, because how they were caring for each other, how they were believing and living in Jesus, and all these things that I mentioned already. So today, out of this text, I want to leave you with 10 things that I believe that this text is speaking to us about the importance of life in community. For each one of you that are on the other side of the screen, God has called you with a plan and a purpose. He has called you by your name and he has given you an assignment. And it is time for you to realize of that calling for your life because that's what is going to grant you to belong to this uh, community that we call the church and for us to be effective in what God has prepared us for, especially in this season after COVID-19. It is our turn to go and minister the lives of those that are in so much desperation, in so much need of uh, people and relationships and, and, and getting back to the life in community because this community what is going to impact the world around us. Amen? So out of... Acts 2, 42 to 47. The first characteristic is that the church is a community that first believed, but also lived Jesus. They were imitators of his life. Everything that Jesus taught them, they were putting in practice into their own lives to the point that they were being recognized or acknowledged even by the way that they behaved. You guys remember uh, when Jesus was arrested, uh, Peter was following Jesus. He was kind of trying to, to find what was going to happen to his master, to his teacher. And at some point, he gathers into a group of people and they began to, didn't we, well, you know, one of the guys that was hanging with, with Jesus. He was, no, no, it's not me. Then someone else came in. I think that I've heard you speaking and you speak like them. And, and at some point, he, what the Bible says is that he even started cussing just to try to be different of who he was. So 
there were particularities from the early church that I believe that it is time for us to go back to that and identify ourselves with Jesus. We have been called to change culture, to impact how uh, society is formed. And unfortunately, in many aspects, the church nowadays is being shaped by culture. And it should be the opposite because one particularity of the church is that the church is countercultural. The church is counterintuitive. Victory from the Bible perspective looks different than victory in the world. Being a champion looks different. Being, being uh, and loving looks different from the Bible that from what we are given in the world. So it is time for us to go back to what Jesus is teaching. And it was a particularity. Uh, two uh, scriptures that I want to leave you here with regards of that. One of them and, and has to do with the, the marker or the main marker of life in community. Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. Jesus was asked about the greatest of commandments. He says, love the Lord your, lo your Lord with all your, with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. This is key. This is key. And the only way that we will be able to live in community is when we really apply this to our lives because loving our neighbors is one of the hardest things nowadays, especially when our neighbors are not so nice to us. And this is what I want to leave you with the second scripture. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 48, love your enemies. Because this is where real love is demonstrated from the love that Jesus is speaking to us about, that unconditional love from God. Because it is easy to, to hang around and, and to appreciate and to love those who are uh, around us. But when we have people that they have caused harm into our lives, people that have hurt us, this is very difficult because it's not in, in our human nature. However, it's a commandment that God through Jesus has left for us. You are to love your enemies. And if there is a particularity from the Christian church is that is the only faith that has been called to love their enemies, to bless them, to go beyond so we can demonstrate God's love. And this is living community. You guys have heard me saying before, there are two particularities of the church uh, and the church of Jesus. And one of them is that we are going to offend each other because it's in our nature. It's in our nature. It's going to happen. It's unavoidable. We may have issues with our leaders, with our, uh, the people around us, uh, our neighbors, other, other believers. That's something that we're seeing nowadays, especially with all these things that have happened uh, with COVID. But the call is for us to love each other. So, yes, we will be offended. But the second characteristic is that because of the love of God, that love that God has given us, we will forgive each other. So... My invitation for you is that we need to get into, into this uh, mindset of what is it to live in community. And for us to be able to live in community, we will need to apply these two commandments. The second uh, point that I want to talk to you about is that uh, the early church was not exempt of having issues. They were a community that found themselves in, in different struggles, different challenges. But the call that God has placed in their lives helped them not to be reactive, but responsive. And there is a big difference because most of us, when we are under pressure, we react. 
And one of the analogies that I have brought to so many people that I have uh, had conversations with is that uh, Christian life, uh, and, and a good analogy is that Christian life is like the, the, the tube of toothpaste. Whenever you squish it, whenever that tube is under pressure, whatever is inside is going to come out. What is it that is coming out of your life nowadays in this season? Because that is going to give you a good assessment of how is your spiritual life? How is your journey with God? Is what is coming out of you positive? Is it faith? Is it, is it constructive? Or is it destructive? Uh, criticism, evil. We need to start changing and allow God to shape us so we can be effective in His call. A third point, the community was devoted to certain aspects of what we call the spiritual disciplines. The first one that we can read here, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. So a community that wants to impact or that will be able to impact the world around us is a community that is dedicated to the scriptures, to not only reading, but studying and meditating in scriptures. Many people will say, oh, but that's your job, Pastor Yair. That's why you're going to school. And no, that's not my job. That is every single believer's call to get into the Word and to devour it because it's the only way that we will be able to, in a way, filter everything that comes our ways. So it is time for us to go back to the Word. When Jesus was teaching his disciples and he was talking about, give us this day our daily bread, this is our daily bread. This is not only something that we receive on Sundays or that we receive during connection time for those who attend connection. It needs to be a personal time with Jesus, not even a personal time with another preacher, because nowadays that's something that has impacted greatly. And I'm not being judgmental. But it is time for us to go back to our personal time with God. Yes, it is important and it's constructive to hear other preachers. They all carry a message for our lives. But there is nothing like hearing directly from God. And the only way that we can do that is through His Scriptures. So a community that wants to be effective is a community that lives in the Word. Fourth point is that a community is also devoted to sharing life with each other, not only as a family, but within our community. Our call is to impact not those who belong to the church, but those who are outside of the church. That's the harvest. The harvest is the thief, the prostitute, the liar, the drunkard, the, the gambler, all these people that is in need of Jesus. That is what we should be targeting for. And each one of us has been called to be part of that. And we do that by living in community, by sharing in community. When was the last time that you invited your neighbor for a coffee or for a barbecue? Those who don't believe, those who are probably from a different faith, from a different tradition. My, my Muslim, my Hindu neighbor, my Buddhist neighbor. Our neighbors, especially in a city like ours, where there is so much multiculturality, they are filled with people that they are longing for Jesus, for the message of the gospel. But the only way is if we open ourselves and we live in community. The gospel can believe in sharing a meal with each other. It's part of being hospitable. And when you guys 
get into the New Testament, you guys will find that as, as Bishop Tony Miller, the, the, and, and, and he just died recently. But one of his teachings that impacted my life is that uh, he, he said Jesus was a foodie. At least that's what he believed because we see him a lot of times in a context where meal was being shared. And, and for those of, of, of you who know us, that's something that we do and I think that we do greatly. Having food and sharing with each other. So we need to go back to that. We need to be a community that is hospitable, that, that is welcoming. And, and it's welcoming not only those who are part of the church family, but it's welcoming to others. Point number six, I believe. It was a community that was marked by the priority that they were putting in the gathering of believers. How is it that people knows that you belong to a Christian church or that you are a Christian just because you said it or because you live it? And I'm going to leave you with that question because I believe that we are in a season where we need to go back to living what we say. The moment that we have this connection between what we believe, what we think, what we say, and what we act, the message of the gospel, the message of the Christian community is going to be broken or is going to be hindered. Therefore, we need to go back uh, to, to being aware that wherever we go, we are representing Christ. We are representing Christ in our workplace, in our schools, in, in uh, the gym, like uh, the different places where we go. You carry his name. You carry his presence. And it's that presence that will be able to impact the lives of those that you are around. It is a community. Oh, sorry. Let me finish here. It is a community that is marked for the priority that they put in the gathering of believers. So when we talk about a community and Pastor Brandon and, and the pastoral staff, we've been trying to, to bring this impartation unto you. It is important for us that we are surrounded by all believers. So we can get to hear their testimonies, but also so we can start building life together. And therefore, the importance of connection groups. I thank and I'm thankful for so many of you that are part of our different connection groups. But if you want to really start engaging into this process of community and understanding the call that you have in your life, you need to be part of a small group. It is important for us because we receive support. It is important for us because we build life together. We start relating with families and, and we get to know each other. It is important because people get to pray for us, because we get accountable to people. When we are part of this long wolf movement that the world is presenting us, that everything is about me, we are selfish and we're going to find ourselves in that disconnection. So it is important, and this is my encouragement for you, if you are not part of a connection group, join one. Contact us, send us an email, and we will guide you through which one's the one that will suit your, your, your needs. But it is important because this is part of daily life. The Christian church is not the church of Sundays, it's the church of Monday to Monday. And therefore, the importance that the early church found in gathering at the temple and from house to house because we will create this amazing movement, this community that Jesus has designed for us to impact and bring salvation into the world. Amen? Uh, 
Seventh point, it was a community dedicated to prayer. And this is the other thing that I, I, I'm going to take advantage and encourage you to be part of, of the different um, uh, opportunities that we have to pray. Prayer is important not only for us individually, but also as a community. And, and I have so many examples that I can tell you of people that have been journeyed uh, with us through the years that at some point they say, but Pastor Yair, I don't know how to pray. I don't even know how to pray in English. And, and it is only when we are exposed to the prayers of other believers that we begin to learn and to engage. But prayer is important. A church that prays is a church that moves forward. It is a church that conquers. It is a church that sees the supernatural hand of God impacting the lives of those who are within the community and outside of the community as well. So we need to be prayer warriors. Talk to us. We will have a position for you in our prayer teams. Amen? Now, it is also, according to this uh, text on uh, Acts chapter 2, it is a community that is thankful and that is generous. The early church was known because, as we read here, they were selling their possessions in such a way that they were doing it to help each other. And it's not that they were so many people that say, yeah, that's that's how communism started and all that stuff. No, that's not. That's not true. That's taken out of context. The love for each other, the love to, to be able to help my fellow brother was so big that they were selling properties. They were doing things uh, for each other to the point that they were acknowledged because of that. And it was out of love. So I, I, I have this sense that once again, once we connect in, into a connection group, once we connect into the community, people is going to be aware of your situation, of my situation, of my neighbor's situation. And if there's something that once again the church is characterized for, it's because we are an extension of Jesus' hand. We want to minister to the lives and to the needs of those who are around us. So that's my other invitation for you. Be thankful and be generous. A community or a Christian community is a community that, by example, lived the gospel. Uh, I believe is uh, St. Francis of Assisi, uh, or at least this is um, given to him. He said, whatever you go, always preach the gospel. And if necessary, talk about it. And, and what I have this sense that he was saying is that whatever you go, you need to lead the gospel. You need to preach with your life. The way that you speak, the way that you behave, the way that you think needs to be particular to the Christian community. And, and many people, when, when they start attending church, they say, yeah, but they, they are brain, like you're going to be brainwashed. And let me tell you, I was brain, brainwashed once, and I'm so thankful for that because my life has been so different since Jesus himself has been ministering to me. So it is important for us that, that we share the message of the gospel with our lives, with our neighbors, with, with the people that is around us. So let's keep in mind, and last but not least, the Christian community, or is a community that is concerned to show the Jesus that lives within us. So wherever you go, uh, I believe the second Peter says that we have been called to be ambassadors of the kingdom. That we have been called to be priests and priestesses. 
So, so this is not only for us as pastors, Pastor Brendan, uh, Pastor Sharon, Pastor Samuel, my wife and I, uh, we are not the only ones that carry this mantle of, of, uh, of priesthood, each one of us. And Martin Luther used to, to speak about it. It was one of the, his messages. The priesthood of all believers, wherever we go, you are a representation of the kingdom. So my encouragement for you today is, if you want to be connected, if you want to, to live this life that Jesus has invited us to, the best way is when we live it in community, when we are part of the community. And, and I am grateful for the lives of those who have chosen to be an example of the life of community. We've seen people healed because of prayer. We've seen people being provided for because someone extended a hand. Like different dynamics have happened within our church, and I'm so thankful for those who have accepted the challenge. But the challenge is for each one of us. If you are part of Toronto City Church, if Toronto City Church is your local church, I'm going to invite you to stop for a moment and ask God, how is it that you can be part of our community? How is it that you can be part of the reflection of the church wherever you go? If you're not part of Toronto City Church, you still have a responsibility with the church. And you're part of the overall, the Catholic Church, the universal church. So wherever you go, you carry the aroma of Christ in your life. And the only way that we can do that is when we accept Jesus, first and foremost, as our Lord and Savior. Because it is through Him and the gift of His Holy Spirit that our lives are beginning to be transformed. So if this is the first time that you hear a message like this, or if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is the perfect opportunity. I want to pray for you before I finish this message. So if this is you, I want you to bow your head and just repeat after me. Dear Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I ask for the forgiveness of my sins, for they are many. And I ask that by your grace and your mercy, you will bring change into my life. Give me the gift of the Holy Spirit so he can help me to follow you and to bring revelation and conviction into my life. I thank you because I know that you hear my prayer. And for this, I praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement will say amen and amen. So once again, my invitation for you is to be part of the community. Engage into what God is trying to do in our midst because you will only see success in the people around you, but in your life as well. Father, I thank you for every person that has heard this message. I pray, Lord, that they will receive this impartation, that they will have the revelation, that they will have the conviction of the importance that it is for us to live in community. We as the church, we are that community of believers. We are a reflection of the kingdom that is to come. We are the foretaste. And I thank you. For it is a privilege to be part of your community. You have called us to be your sons and daughters. And for this, we are so grateful. Continue to work in our lives. Bless us, pastors, as they lead the way. And we thank you for everything that you're doing, Father, in this season. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone in agreement says amen and amen. Thank you once again for joining us. 
I hope that this was uh, really great for you to hear a message like this. And, and if you want to have a conversation and hear more about this, just contact each one of uh, our, our church leaders, of our pastors, and we will be more than glad to connect with you. Once again, have an amazing Sunday. Go and enjoy your family. And as always, I say, be blessed, but also be a blessing to someone today in your life. Thank you very much again. Have an amazing rest of the Sunday and a great week. God bless you. Bye-bye.